The most obvious Mandela effect has been the change in appearance of the sun. As of today, May 4th, 2020, when you look up into the midday sky, the sun appears brilliant, dazzling white. If you go on Google or DuckDuckGo and type in what color is the sun, it will show you that though the sun appears to be yellow, it is actually white. Appears is the operative word, yeah? So this morning, I went on DuckDuckGo and I typed in different searches. The first search I did was NASA actual photos of the sun. And every picture, every video that I saw, and these are depictions, so these are actual satellite images of the sun brought to you by NASA, if you trust them. There you go. The sun is a lava ball, a ball of lava pulsating ball of lava, and it is depicted as yellow, orange is yellow. So start with that. Now, I personally believe that these images are computer-generated images, but that's my personal belief. It doesn't detract from the point that I'm trying to make, which is even if it's a computer-generated image, there is a base level understanding that the way the majority of human beings have always perceived the sun is with it being a warm color, yellow. Okay, so if you don't if you do believe that the images from NASA and the images that NASA puts out are legit and they're real, then you have that to show you that the actual images that NASA has put out are of a yellow, warm, glowing sun. If you don't believe that NASA's images are to be trusted, you can still operate under the understanding that they are modeling the color of the sun based on our perception of it and how the sun has always appeared, at least up until recently, which is yellow. So then I did a couple more research, uh, or searches rather. I typed in, what color is the sun? Google popped up yellow. And the reason why I use Google is because I want to see what the general public sees when they go and do the search, because most people don't use DuckDuckGo. And so I use Google just to see what pops up. So if you type in what color is the sun, it'll say yellow. If you type in what color does the sun appear to be, it will also say yellow. In the Google search under what color does the sun appear to be, if you scroll down, there is a NASA article. And in that NASA article, it was written back in 2017. And it was from the uh, eclipse2017.nasa.gov. And the question, it's under home education, what's up, what color is the sun? And it was an article written by Lou Mayo. And the question says, what color is the sun? With two question marks. Seems like a silly question. This is how the article starts. What color is the sun? Everyone knows the sun is yellow, Right? It is there in the sky. You just have to look to know this. The sun 
regardless of the scientific basis, if you want to sit and argue semantics and say, well, it only appears yellow to the human eye, but when you look at it, you know, in an actuality outside of our atmosphere, it does appear white outside of the atmosphere. But all of us are not outside of the atmosphere. So for the rest of us, it should and has always been yellow. The midday sun has always been yellow until now. Now, I realize that as these things go, as the Mandela effects go, things change, but then they tend to change back. So that's why I'm restating again. At the time of this recording, you and I and most human beings, when you look up at the sky now, the midday sun now, it is a brilliant white. And for me, it has been a brilliant white since 2010, I believe. Bright, brilliant white, no hint of color. And my memory serves me because once I noticed that the sun had changed colors, whenever I would have sort of doubts on whether or not I was onto the right thing and my perception of reality, I would look up and see the white sun, the now white sun, and that would be a reminder to me that no, I'm on the right track. And as you guys remember a conversation that I even had with one of my older friends who's like in her 80s, and I asked her, I said, what color is the sun? She said, yellow. And I said, look up. And she said, that's new. Exactly. That's new. Now, I understand as I'm saying this, that people in the future listening to this might listen to this and go, well, no, it's, it's yellow. What is she talking about? Great. That doesn't mean that what I'm talking about right now is inaccurate. It just means that at a particular point in time, the majority of human beings have, are perceiving the sun right now as white. Now, if that's not enough, if the NASA videos of the actual sun, quote-unquote actual sun, aren't enough, go into DuckDuckGo and, or Google and type in pictures of the solar system. 99.99% of the images that you see are going to depict a yellow sun because most human beings perceive the sun, up until recently have perceived the sun as yellow. Now, I wanted, I wanted to take it a step further. So this, if the solar system images aren't enough, if the numerous articles on Google, when you type in what color does the sun appear, and you can scroll through and read every single bullet point of every single link saying, while the sun appears yellow, it is actually, some people have said it's actually green. Some people have said it's actually white. Some people have said it's actually black. Some people have said it's actually blue. But a consistent and persistent element is that the sun is always stated as appearing yellow, appearing yellow. And that's the focus. It's not what color the sun actually is. If you look at it with non-human eyes or through whatever the fuck from out of space or whatever, it is that for the, to the majority of human beings and through our, the majority of our history, the sun has appeared to us as yellow. There's plenty of evidence right now out there. I would recommend that you go scroll through it, read through the article and store the articles in your memory because what tends to happen is that reality changes, but your memory stays fixed unless you choose to let go of the memory or you choose to distrust your memory and then it slips. You've got to hang on to your memory. You've got to trust your own observations and your own perceptions. Even if the sun does toggle back to yellow, you can at the very least say that, you know what, no. Take a look, take a look at the sun now and note that it was at some point and it is right now white. So I'm speaking to if it does change back to yellow, but as of today, May 4th, 2020, it is and it does appear white. It only now appears yellow at sunset. But clearly these image searches and these Google questions aren't asking people what color does the sun appear at sunset. 
And the people who are answering that it appears yellow aren't saying it appears yellow at sunset. They're straight up saying, look up at the sun at any given point of time and it will appear yellow. It is yellow to our human eyes, to our perception. It is yellow, but it's not anymore. So then I took it a step further because at this point, it's like I, I, I need to make sure that I'm covering all my bases. So I went and I looked up and I searched for medieval paintings of the sun or medieval depictions of the sun. And sure enough, in the paintings, in the depictions of the sun, persistently, the sun, even when it's high up in the middle of the sky, is persistently depicted as yellow. So that means up until now, the sun has always been perceived even by people in the you know the 1300s and on and i'm sure if i did a search for renaissance renaissance uh depictions of the sun it would be the same thing a persistent yellow not at sunset not at sunrise but high in the midday sky yellow the ha- the halos around the auras right of around the heads of christian gods, Mary and the Holy Spirit, they're always depicted. The son is, is uh, the son of God is also the son of God and he's a sun God. And, um, and so that halo, that corona is a sun. The, the halo is a corona. The corona is a sun, just like the sun has its own corona. Corona means crown. It's always golden. The sun is always depicted as golden. There is a song, Mr. Golden Sun, please shine down on me. Clearly, it's not speaking to the sun at sunrise. And I know I'm, I'm kind of dumbing things down. It's just I'm speaking to that small percentage of people who would rather hang on to, who, who just don't want to think that things could change, that reality could change. And so they go, well, maybe people, everybody was wrong throughout time and they're really, I, I'm not even going to entertain that. So the people, the 99% of people who have common sense, Occam's razor, the sun has always appeared yellow, but now it's not. To me, that's the biggest, most obvious Mandela effect. If you're not familiar with what the Mandela effect is, I would suggest that you go on DocDuckGo and go on YouTube and look up videos. And people have done a great job documenting Mandela effects. Um, but I'm going to continue on the, prom- on the premise that if you're listening to this, you're probably very familiar with the Mandela effect. Um, and I think with the sun, what we're seeing... is an Emmy of the grandest proportions. Now, I was watching, I've been watching Eureka, which was like a scripted TV show back in, I think, the early 2000s. Um, it's a very good show. Um, and a couple of things. It was one episode that talked about parallel universes. And on that, they say that when you, a person is capable of toggling, right, transferring consciousness. We talked about it on the show. And it was, it's just a science-based show. I mean, they don't pull a lot of the stuff out of their ass. Like a, a lot of TV shows, when they produce it, they usually hire, especially when it's a show like that. Um, like Stargate, for example, if you look at the closing credits, you'll see that there are actually military um, organizations and agents that are hired to work with the show. And so the same can be said too of a show like Eureka, when it's a show that's based on science and physics and things of, the, of that nature, bacteria, you know, viruses, time travel, um, all of that, yeah? They, the writers have to consult with, actual scientists so that the things that they talk about are, you know, true to form. They make sense. And so on that episode, 
there was uh, a discussion about the differences in parallel universes. And Henry, one of the characters on there, um, he says, you know, I think it was Henry, could be mistaken, but he says that there are different, there are parallel universes occurring simultaneously, right? And your consciousness can kind of traverse across different, so the different universes. And I use universes and multiverses interchangeably. I say multiverse because I want to draw to your attention the fact that it's not just one universe that we're living in. There are multiple universes, right? But I also say universe because that's what you know most people think of when they think of the universe. It's just think of one. So I'm using it interchangeably intentionally. And he says, um, most things in a parallel in parallel universes are the same, except you can notice different changes, like the color of the grass is a different color, or the color of the sky is a different color. And as I was watching that, I said, or the color of the fucking sun. Right? Now, to me, this is the biggest thing. I don't claim to have all the answers. I don't. Um, I think it was Socrates that said or came to the conclusion that, you know, wisdom, and I'm paraphrasing, wisdom stems from not knowing everything, but knowing that there's some things that you don't know that you don't know. And so I'm owning that there are some things that I don't know that I don't, that I don't know. And there are some things that I just don't know. And so the question begs itself. Why, if, why would it be, if, if, if you want to make the argument that we are you know, persistently shifting universes, why don't most people look up and go, wait, sun's white. I don't know. I, I don't know. If you want to make the argument that you know, this world is a simulation and that the reason why we are noticing Mandela effects is that um, the AI that is, you know, in charge of replicating simulations sort of fixed or corrected things that it thought should have been corrected, which would make sense, right? With the sun being as white as it is now, it's almost like somebody changing uh, light bulbs from like a fluorescent light from, I'm sorry, from like a yellow, a yellow normal uh, light, light bulb, which is yellow to one of those like daylight light bulbs or uh, fluorescent light bulbs uh, where it's a white light and, uh, you know, things under a white light, the same thing with the lights that you use in photography, um, things under white lights appear brighter, right? Crisper, more clear bit more harsh the lighting is harsh like blue light is harsh um we see the same thing with your phone um or compared to like a, like an old kindle right the backlight on your phone is is blue because it's meant to make things appear more crisp but it's also not good for you you don't sleep as well because um of the intensity of the color uh so they changed it you have a setting now on your phone where uh, it's called, I think, night mode or whatever, so that when you get close to night, it changes the color of your screen to more of a yellow light because that's more natural. Or it was more natural (laughs) Um, before the sun fucking changed to this bluish white. It's that same bluish light that you see, you know, in photography, in, uh, in, uh, in the kitchens, in, um, hardware stores, right? That's that intense thing. It's meant to make everything super bright. Um, If you want to run on the assumption or the theory that all of our world is simulated, it would make logical sense for an AI to change the sun from yellow to white simply because, one, it knows that most human beings aren't very observant. 
Two, it knows that the human beings that would observe a change wouldn't be listened to anyway because we live in a simulation or in a reality where people who make observations to the changes of the status quo are stigmatized and labeled as crazy. And three, it just it noticed or realized that things under blue light, bluish white light, do appear cleaner. And you can see what things are realistically. Like if you take... Um, one of the things that I notice, for example, is flowers are much brighter, much more vibrant. The colors of them are much more intense. And I noticed this um, when I moved to San Diego. Um, you know, there's just flowers blooming uh, all the time. Um, and uh, so I noticed this like purple flower that in the past I'd seen um, in other parts of Southern California. Um, but that, that on that particular day, it no longer had this yellowish tint to it. It was just this crisp magenta color. And I remember looking up at the sky and watching it being like, you know, brilliantly white and looking back at the flower and saying like, well, that makes sense because things do appear much more vivid, much more vibrant, much more intense under this new sun. Now, of course, try to say that to what a normal person and uh, you get stigmatized. So I clearly kept that uh, observation to myself, but I did notice the change. So it would make sense from a completely logical perspective that if this world is an AI-generated world and it wanted to do an update, it would make sense to update things to not a yellow light that tinges everything yellow, but to a bright white light to make things appear the way they actually appear. So that tells me then that that might be further evidence of the fact that this our reality is an AI-generated simulation. And to reiterate, why would it change something so obvious as the color of the sun? Because I think that the AI is very aware of how human nature is and how our culture is and how... Like right now, I'm saying to you, the sun has changed colors. And most people would hear that and think nothing of it. They won't think about the implications. They don't think about what that means. It doesn't move them in any way. Which encourages or is encouraging to the AI, yeah, to more or less do whatever the fuck it wants because it knows that there's only a small percentage of the populace that will notice these changes and nobody will listen to them. So that's that. What does that mean for us in the grand scheme of things? That if if something as obvious as the sun could change color and most people wouldn't notice, what else could change? Yeah, because I could say, I have said this, I said this to a friend and it ended up turning into an argument. Um, And I said, the sun has not always been white. And they said, show me proof of that. And I'm like, why the fuck do I need to show you proof of something that you've observed your whole life? It's like, can you fucking think? And of course, this, this is the kind of person who doesn't believe anything unless the government tells them so. I had to do go go on Google and find the NASA images and show it to them to say, look how it's always been depicted. Look on NASA how it's appear it's saying that it appears yellow. And it no longer appears yellow. Is that enough quote unquote proof for you? Why can't you trust your own memories? Why can't you trust your own observations? Why can't you trust your own perceptions? Wake up. Wake up. You have to get aggressive with people. It's like a sleepwalker. You need to slap them. I'm just kidding. You're not supposed to wake up uh, sleepwalkers. But come on. If things change, if I grow a, a fucking third eye, if all of humanity decides to just grow a third eye in the middle of the forehead and only 1% of the population is walking around saying, look, we've never had three eyes. We've only had the two eyes. I guarantee you the 99% of the population would be like, show me proof. Even though they have access to fucking phones in their hands and they can do the research for themselves. They want you to tell them. 
something that they can look up for themselves. Which tells me that little changes could consistently be made. If the sun's color can be changed, anything can be changed in the human body. In history. Anything but memory. I don't think your memory can be altered unless you let it. But then again, I don't think your memory needs to be altered if it's an AI altering things. Because most people don't trust their perceptions anyway, so they just leave it. By they, I mean the AI. It doesn't bother trying to change your perception, your past perceptions, because it knows that you will seek out external validation of your own experiences. And if other people don't back up your own observations, you just won't. You'll just go along with their observations and negate your own experiences. So yeah. The sun as of May 4th, 2020, appears white. It hasn't always, obviously. We all know that the sun is yellow. But now it's not. Which means that we've all collectively been transferred shifted to a parallel universe where this the color the sun's color is different the one thing i i don't understand is no it actually doesn't really matter there's a lot of things i don't understand but it's okay You know, physicists do, there's, I mean, there's a plethora of information out there that just speaks to the nature of uh, the existence of parallel multiverses as, as this is fact. These are facts. They, they have mathematic, mathematical theorems to support their assertions. So they speak about the existence of parallel multiverses in a matter-of-fact matter. A matter of fact way they don't they're not trying to convince you it's your choice to believe that but as far as the scientists and physicists are concerned it is a fact that parallel universes exist it is a fact that your consciousness can shift and is constantly shifting across different universes these are facts they're facts whether you choose to believe them or not and with the Mandela effect, things bleed through. The sun's the biggest, you know, bleed through. Right now, as it stands, there is plethora of evidence out there right now. Plethora. Right now, at, at any rate, that says that, that shows you that at one point the sun was perceived as yellow. Even up until, was it 2017 was the most recent um, article that I just talked about? The disconnect is what I don't understand. The disconnect is, and I've tried this with people. I, I've, I have, I've repeatedly asked them and then I've watched. I've said, look, what color is the sun? They say yellow. I tell them, look up. And then there's nothing. It's just, there's no intellectual curiosity there's no wait what they just go huh that's that's the of all the things that i've talked about of all the things that i've observed of all the things that i've experienced in this reality in the simulation that you call reality that's the one that really disturbs me that 
Huh. Or the, well, what does that have to do? How does that affect my daily life? What? How does it not? I'm bringing, like, I'm telling you this has changed. You're, the way you perceive reality as something that's fixed is not accurate. The implications of that, not just for your life, but for your death, for the death of your loved ones, as, you're, you know, as you encroach upon your own mortality and to face your own mortality and to know on some level, hey, if I can shift through realities, if I'm not fixed to one reality, and more importantly, there's not just one universe, and I, as, as I'm alive right now, have shifted beyond my control. What do I have to be afraid of? Yes, you can't have a fear of the unknown, but that's verifiable proof that the way you perceive reality is not what is actually happening. The way you've been taught to perceive reality is not what's hap- actually happening. You should be questioning everything. And to say, well, how does that affect my daily life? Or what well, does that have to do with anything? Well, I, I'm not really, you know, well, I don't know. I still have bills to pay. Is to be so short-sighted and so close-minded and just to show an utter and complete lack of curiosity and an understanding of the greater image. You know? Wake up. How are you different than than an animal? Because if you go to a dog and a dog could talk and you point to the sun and the dog shows complete indifference to what's happening, it's a beast. How do you differ if you, if, if the, if, if you experiencing in real time evidence of reality being altered right before your eyes, thus shaking your perception of reality, of life, of everything, everything you've been taught, everything you've been told, it should bring into question weight. What if this world isn't what we've been told? I mean, if the sun's color can change. And if the sun's color can change and most people don't observe it, what is this? What is happening? What is this world? Who are these people? If, if you don't stop and look and, and pause and think for fuck's sake and think, how do you differ how can you call yourself a human being, a homo sapien? A sapien meaning, it means to know. It's Latin for the knowing, knowing beings. It's what, it what, it's what differentiates us. It's what is supposed to set us aside from the rest of nature, from the rest of the animals. A, a lion, an elephant, as majestic as they are, if you look up and you point them to the to the sun, aren't they're not even capable of comprehending the change? A dog, a fish, a bear—they're so caught up in just day-to-day survival that the whole entire quantum world can shift right before their eyes and they'll just get up and still try to feed and fuck. These are beasts. You call yourself a man, a human being, the top of the food chain, the greatest accomplishment of nature, and yet you can't bring yourself to stop and think of what the implications of that, of the world not being fixed, of reality constantly changing of your consciousness shifting across the multiverse of the fact that the body that you're existing in right now is not the same body 
that your consciousness laid in and operated in your childhood. The most obvious evidence of the fact that the sun is not the same sun of your childhood. So clearly your body is not fixed, or I should say your consciousness is not fixed to this body, which means you keep going. To say that none of that makes a difference to you is terrifying. That's terrifying for me to hear. It means I should take a step away from you because what are you? You're no more than a beast. I've always talked about the fact that free will is not given. You have to earn it. And maybe the status of a homo sapien, the status of sentience, the status of consciousness, awareness, by definition, consciousness is awareness, awareness. That's not fixed either. That's not a given. It's not something that all human beings possess. I'm reminded of the show Westworld, right? As the, as the, ho- as the not the host, is the host? The host? Yeah, yeah, the host. As they, they each start becoming sentient and they go and they try to talk to the other hosts about what's going on. And there's just this blank stare like, what are you talking about? And let's step back like, wait, you might look like me. You might sound like me, but you're programming We're not the same. No, I'm not arguing that human beings are robots and some of us are becoming sentience because there's still a matter of consciousness being able to travel across you know, multiverses. So you're not confined, and I've never confined an entity to the body. The body is just a vehicle. It's nothing. And, and if it's not the same body that you've occupied your whole life, what's the sense of even being attached to that and identifying it as you? It's not you. I, I thought of a story. Let me see if I can retell it. Briefly, I thought of a story of a couple, a married couple, yeah, and one of them is conscious and the other one is not. And they've been together for 25 years. And the man is the one who's conscious and the wife is not. And he's desperately trying to wake his wife up in the sense of pointing things out, right? They're in a reality where things have changed or are changing. And so he says to her, he starts with the Mandela effect. And he says, do you remember the Berenstein Bears? And she goes, yes. And then he goes, okay, well, it's the Berenstein Bears now. And she goes, huh, that's weird. She turns back to her cooking. Then he comes a couple of days later, a couple of months later, maybe a couple of years later. And he goes, do you remember, Luke, I am your father? And she says, yeah. And then he goes, Here's a video of James Earl Jones saying repeatedly, Luke, I am your father. He was the actor. And she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the phrase. And he goes, no. If you go and you play the video, it seems we're all misremembering. We're not, but it seems that way. But he never says, Luke, I am your father. In the video, in the actual Star Wars movie, he says, no. I am your father. And she dismisses that and goes, huh, that's weird. Doesn't put two and two together, is not cognizant, nor does she care about the fact that 
actor who, if you know how actors work, they don't just say the one line. They, they go over the same line over and over and over again, especially if it's a pivotal point in the plot. Directors record the same scene over and over and over again. So you can't even say we are misremembering it because the actor himself who recorded the movie, who was in the movie, who played the role, who spoke the lines, remembers it as Luke, I am your father. But now it says no. What do you trust? Quote unquote reality or your own observations? Reality isn't fixed. He says to his wife. And she says, huh. And keeps him moving. And a couple years later, she's out gardening. And he walks up to her. She's planted this beautiful rose garden. They're this bright, vibrant red. And he says to her, your your roses are so beautiful. And she says, yeah, they seem especially vibrant now. I don't ever remember them being this vibrant. And he says, look up. And she looks up. And then she looks back down. And then he goes, what color is the sun? And she says, well, it's yellow. That's a strange question. And he says, look up again. And she looks up. And as her eyes look at the sun, he says, what color is the sun now? And she says, huh, that's weird. And then she continues gardening. And at that point, he realizes in a world where he has few friends and the friendships that he does have with individuals are base level, surface level. Their communication and their conversations are centered around sports, politics, and women, and money, and things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. He thought that his one best friend, his partner, his wife, of all the people in the world, the person he spent the most time with, the person who purports to know him, the person who he's been married to for 25 years, she can't see. And at that moment, he feels entirely and completely alone. He decides to leave it, not to bring it up. He goes about his day and his days with her. And they live a moderate life together. Every once in a while, something happens that he tries and he thinks about sharing with her, but he knows that she's just going to perceive him as crazy or she's just at worst going to dismiss it. So he keeps it to himself. And while he's in a relationship and he is married, so he's not alone, his entire marriage to his wife has been one of complete and utter loneliness. And when he's in a crowd of all his peers and his friends and they're talking about things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things and all he's thinking about is, what are we what are we doing here? Why am I here? What am I? And he's shaken back to reality as somebody hands him a beer and he smiles and goes along with it. Surrounded by people and yet he feels utterly and tremendously lonely. The person who disappointed him the most was his wife. So one day, after 50 years of marriage, he's now 70 years old and he's sitting in his rocking chair. And he smiles. And he says to himself, I'm ready. And his chair stops rocking and he, and he dies. And the wife comes up to his body says, Frankie. She shakes him to no response, to no And so she cries, she wails. Her heart's broken. And six months later, she too dies. Some say cancer. 
while others say of a broken heart. They'd spent so many years together that she couldn't go on living without his companionship, without his company. She felt, for the first time in her life, lonely without him. Although Frank had spent most of his life with her, feeling the same loneliness for those 50 years of marriage that she couldn't withstand for just six months. And so when she dies, she opens her eyes and is now in the afterlife. And in the process of death, her entire life flashes in front of her and all the countless conversations that she's that she watched with Frank as Frank, as Frank tried to explain the nature of reality and point things out to her, the changes. And she looks around and realizes in the screen in front of her are infinite Earths and infinite Franks and infinite Anns. She realized that Frank was right their whole life their lives together, he had tried to wake her up to show her and she'd been dismissive. And so a being approaches her after she reviews her life and asks her, do you want to go back? And she says yes. And so she goes back she lives her life patiently waiting for that fateful day where she comes across or she crosses paths with Frank. And she does and she meets him. And like before, they fall in love and they get married. And then she starts to notice the changes, the effects. It's her now talking to Frank and saying, do you remember the Berenstein Bears? But this time Frank looks at her and says, yes. And then she says, well, it's the Berenstein Bears now. And he goes, huh. And that gut, that punch to the gut hits her. How can he not respond, she thinks. So she tries again, days, months, years later. She says, Luke, I am your father. Do you remember that? And then Frank says, yeah. And then she says, well, it's no, I am your father. And he says, huh. And he turns back to the television she feels that gut again. And then years after that, Frank is in the same rose garden, except the tables are turned, and it's her asking him to look up to the sun. And she says, what color is the sun, Frank? And he says, yellow. And then she says, look up. And looking up, he observes the brilliance of the white, Son, and he says, huh, and then keeps on gardening. She feels that gut again. From that moment, she withdraws, finding herself lonely. And then she realizes on some level the understanding of karma. Which is not to say that she was being punished. See, that's not what karma is. The, car, the, the, the trap of karma 
is that you feel inclined to go back, to come back here and re-loop. But it's a trick because in the case of Frank, that wasn't the same Frank that she was married to. The soul that had operated Frank, the consciousness that had operated Frank at that first incarnation where she was, I should say, Frank was conscious and she was not. That Frank was operated by a conscious being. And upon his death, he moved on to a different reality. And so the being that asked her if she wanted to come back, he had tricked her because he knew that she would desire to come back, desire being the operative word. And she knew, the being knew that she would suffer upon the realization that the Frank that she came back for was not the same Frank that she had known in her previous incarnation as Anne. But he didn't tell her that. And so she came back into a parallel universe in search of the Frank that she knew. But the irony here is that what Frank was trying to bring to her attention was the fact that he was not a body. He was a soul operating a body. And he wanted to experience that universe, that incarnation, that reality with her. Because he knew that if they didn't, that that world was the only time where they would be able to experience married life together before they got separated across the multiverse, across space and across time and never find each other again. You see, Frank, because he was conscious, had no feelings of guilt or remorse. He had nothing where he felt attached and needing to come back, and so he was released from karma and was able to move on. He knew it was all a simulation and all an, a mirage. And he was trying desperately to call it to Anne's attention too so they could move on together. But she was willfully ignorant, choosing not to think deeply, choosing not to look deeply. And as a result, she had to repeat the karmic loop. The worst part of this story is that the consciousness and the new Frank who's being dismissive of Anne will continue the same exact Frank and Anne loop over and over and over again, alternating. for all eternity. The loop of time. <laughs>